Welcome to the Motion Picture Podcast. Um, welcome. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really have much of an intro. Um, <laughs> I would like to start off by saying that this past week, in terms of, like, entertainment news, has been one of the craziest experiences to, like, watch everything that's happening. Um, and I would say the biggest one for me is that I believe, as of recording this a few days ago, uh, the actor strike finally ended. Um, and it's been going on since July. It's been a big thing going on where, like, a bunch of movies have gotten delayed. The new Dune movie was delayed until March because of it. So it's been, a, like, it halted a bunch of productions. It halted, like, I know uh, Beetlejuice 2 had to stop filming. Deadpool 3 stopped filming. Um, all the pre-production stuff for, like, Stranger Things Season 5 had to stop. So it was a, you know, very rough time to, like, be a lover of movies because, like, it was just, you know, it was very concerning if, you know, something was going to get delayed. But luckily, um, you know, they came, finally came to agreement. And hopefully there's nothing else going to get delayed. We can get stuff coming out, the Oscars are confirmed to happen, which makes me excited, because, um, even though it's a very flawed awards show, I look forward to the Oscars, I think it's a very fun thing to watch, um, and I look forward to seeing, like, what gets nominated, I'm, I'm really, I'm really pushing for Oppenheimer, you know, I, I started my fourth watch not too long ago of it, um, Jeez. it is the, it's still the best movie of the year, and I will stand by it. Um, at this point, I do think that's the front runner for best picture. Um, and I'm, I really hope it wins, but I also haven't seen some other, like, predictions. Like, I haven't seen, um, Bradley Cooper's Maestro, I haven't seen The Color Purple, I haven't seen Poor Things, so there, there's a few big award contenders that I still have yet to see, but I should be, you know, over the coming weeks. Um, I'm really, I'm really getting into the planning of my all day at the movies, which is in less than two weeks. Um, very, very excited for that. Um, I'm still waiting on one movie, which is called Dream Scenario, with Nicolas Cage, that I really want to see. Um... But I'm just waiting until um, it gets showtimes at the theater I'm going to. But, like, right now I have a good lineup of movies that I'm, like, very comfortable with. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a good day. Um, and then also another big thing that happened in the you know, movie industry is, like, the day after the strike, um, it was, re it was uh, revealed that... Well, did you ever hear of what happened with the, um, Batgirl movie from last year? No. Um, so they were working on a, a, a solo Batgirl movie, which was gonna have, um, what's his name? Uh, Michael Keaton coming back as Batman again, and Brendan Fraser as the villain. And it was, like, already done filming. It was, like, going into, um... Post-production. Like, it was, like, done. Ready to do the editing process. And then Warner Brothers completely canceled it. Got rid of it. Deleted all versions of it. That you could do, like... 
forbid any release of it as a tax write-off. And it's a awful thing. Um, I think one of the one or both of the directors found out um, at their wedding, which is just a t- like. Even if it might have not been the be- best movie of all time, it's still a movie that a ton of people worked really hard at, and it stinks that like it's never going to see the light of day. We're never going to see this movie. Um, but um, it happened again, actually. Um, there was this one movie called Coyote vs. Acme. And I'm gonna... Oh, it's completely taken off this app. Alright. I know it starred John Cena. Um, and it was like... It was a a mix-up of, um, animation and live action, similar to, like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And it was about, um... It was about a lawyer defending or helping... I I can't remember which one. I think it's helping... The uh, Looney Tunes Coyote sued the company Acme for their defective products, which sounds amazing. Um, and from like people who saw it through like test screenings, nothing but like rave reviews. And it's just terrible that like it was completely deleted. All the hard work is gone. And in coming right after the strike ended, just kind of hits worse because they're. It's very clear that, and I think it's a a problem with a lot of um, companies right now, but they prioritize um, financial gain over artistic merit. Um, we can see that. You know, all around, I think, you know, Disney's showing that with their live-action remakes, and then when they have, when they have these original, um, animated movies, there's, like, barely any marketing for them, and it's like, and if there is, it's, like, really bad marketing, like, I don't think the Wish marketing is really good, but, like, The Little Mermaid was everywhere when it was coming out, like, you could not avoid seeing something from The Little Mermaid, and, like, that's what they're pushing now, and Disney used to be, like, the, like, magical studio, you know? Like, everyone, like, everyone child, like, everyone's childhood favorite, and now, like, they don't have that anymore, and it's happening, Warner Brothers is a big one with it, the, the head of it is just a terrible dude, um, and it, and it stinks, because, like, you know, these these people this is like their art you know this is mm-hmm. like this is their thing and to com- just kind of completely delete it all like wipe it off the face of the earth just because it's not going to make the money they want it's it it's a very concerning thing as a you know wishful film student and a wannabe director to like see how this is like how they're getting treated um, it's very, uh, very inspiring, isn't it? Yeah, uh, do you remember what happened with the Sonic movie a few years ago? Uh, I'm like, gonna... with the design? Yeah. Or... Where they, the, the, like, internet bullied the company so much into changing the design? Yeah. 
That's because the design was yeah. awful. I, I really want that to happen with this movie, where, like, the online, you know, people bully Warner Brothers so much into just releasing it. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, Warner Brothers are, like, they're failing hard. Like, their big movies this year, like, The Flash, have bombed at the box office. Flash was just so predictable. The Flash was a weird movie, to say the least. Um, and I've even defended some of their movies. Like, I actually, I think we both liked Blue Beetle. We did. Um, but that bombed at the box office. Like, that made no money. And I'm like, this is what you're financing and not a movie that got these really great reviews. And then they wouldn't sell it to other companies. Like, other, other companies, like, were like, hey, we'll buy it. Like, we'll buy it and distribute it. And they said no. I, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, I think that, um, you know, being, like, looming over and, like, being kind of a selfish person running things is a, a a brilliant segue into the movie we're talking about today. Um, because in honor of, uh, David Fincher's The Killer, which is currently streaming on Netflix, I have watched it. It is pretty fantastic. I will be rewatching it sometime soon. I very much enjoyed it. But um, we are going to be talking about what I would consider his best movie, and that is his 2010 masterpiece, The Social Network. of the clubs. Why? Because they're exclusive and fun and they lead to a better life. People want to go on the internet and check out their friends, so why not build a website that offers that friends, pictures, profiles. I'm talking about taking the entire social experience of college and putting it online. Site got 2,200 hits within two hours? Thousand. 22,000. This idea is potentially worth millions of dollars. Millions? You stole our website. They're saying we stole the Facebook. I know what it said. So did we? I deserve some recognition from this board. Uh, I'm sorry? Yes. I don't understand. Which part? 
So, um, the Social Network was released in 2010. It is basically about Mark Zuckerberg, though it, you know, features obviously other people. Um, it is directed by David Fincher, who I think is top five best directors of all time. He's made masterpieces such as Fight Club, Gone Girl, Seven, Zodiac, um, and I would definitely put this as my favorite of his movies. I already considered, like, I already knew it was my favorite, but then I rewatched it and, like, it kind of, you know, held together. Um, what did you think of The Social Network? I really enjoyed it. It kind of, like, I don't know, it came with, it, uh, it felt like Oppenheimer was trying to, like, do a similar thing with it. Whenever they're interviewing and then doing yeah. the pass and then doing the pass. I don't really like it. It it plays... Really, oh, sorry. <laughs> I was going to say, it's way more easy to follow than Oppenheimer. I Yeah, I remember being very confused when I watched The Social Network, but this time around, I... Yeah, it's definitely pretty... Very easy to follow. Um, Funny thing, actually. I've watched this before. You have? Yes, when I was seven years... Oh goodness! Um, I actually at seven. I I actually watched this um, on a bus on my way home from school, and it was like a miserable experience because the bus ride was terrible, and I got like motion sickness. But like I I still knew enough about this to consider it a masterpiece. Um, I don't know how much of a, a hot take it's not gonna be a hot take because i know people are worried um but i do feel like there is a a chance this is a, a large bit of hyperbole but i think this is the best written movie of all time like number one in terms of the script and dialogue um because this is really just people talking the whole movie like, obviously, actions do occur. I mean, they have to. It literally can't just be people talking. Um, but it is... The the dialogue is delivered in such a way where I think, on a script alone, it is my favorite movie ever. Um, because it's, like, very, very quick writing, you know? Um, because this... So this movie's, um, like very close to being, like, right at two hours, and this went by in a flash. Like, this movie moves at breakneck pacing, and, um, really, it, that makes it so where it's very much holds up on a rewatch. Um, because with the amount of dialogue said, it is easy for some things to go over your head the first time, but the more you watch it and think about it, it's everything clicks into place. Um, this movie, very controversially, I think it was one of the more controversial um, decisions of the Oscars, where neither this movie or Jesse Eisenberg, who plays Mark Zuckerberg, were given Oscars. And um, Andrew Garfield, who plays um, Edward Eduardo Severin, was not even nominated for an Oscar. Bruh. Um, instead, it went to a movie called The King's Speech. Have you seen The King's Speech? Nope. Yeah, it is not the worst thing in the world, 
but it's very average. It's a very average movie. Whereas I would, and I think me, like, it's very easy for something about the internet to kind of feel dated, especially because with the rise of other, you know, social media apps like TikTok, you think that a movie about Facebook wouldn't be as important now. But I think this movie is, like, very impactful now, and I think it's even more important in terms of what it's saying. Um, mentioned it was the beginning of social media. Yeah. And it's like, it came out in 2010, which was where, in the time where it was, like, still on the rise. To, and now it's, like, you know, everywhere. Dying? Well, it's oh, dying, well. but, like, it's, like, still, like, it's, like, hooking people, you know? Um, because, like, you know, every time a movie, and it's not something this movie does, but it's, like, an example of, like, tries to modernize and use, like, modern kind of language, it, like, in, like, five years, oh, it, it's, it's bad. painful, but this movie does not have that. Like, it feels like something that could be made today and would just have as much significance as it did 13 years ago. It did. I did. I literally watched it today, and I loved it. Um, like, it still made sense. It is, um... I would say top... I don't know top ten, because I, I, I do want to craft... I do need to make, like, a list. But one of the best lead performances I've ever seen, um... Just Jesse Eisenberg as Mark Zuckerberg, um... And one he thing, perfectly. he kills it, um, because you want to punch him in the face throughout most of this movie. Yeah, he's just like, no, because he just reminds me of a little kid that's super smart. Yeah, and he, like, wants everyone to know it and congratulate him. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, and then you have Andrew Garfield... And oh my lord! I, th I don't know. I'm I'm trying to like consider what his best performance is because he has so many good performances. Um, I think it's between this and like Tick Tick Boom of the ones I would go for. Um, so fun movie though. Oh, he's he's very good, and this is pre Spider Man actually, which is pretty impressive. Um, but I know then, he looks beautiful. His hair is actually amazing. Uh, he is. Again, did I? I I'm gonna I'm gonna check this, but I do believe that he was not given an even a nomination for this performance, which is yeah, insane. I I don't know how you don't get this. Like it should be a no. given. He was so good in this, no? Because um, genuinely, every emotion felt so genuine and yeah. real. Oh, and I think he delivers probably the best scene in the entire movie, which is oh, like talking about. But we will we'll get to that in a second because I think that is in my like Mount Rushmore of movie scenes of like the best of all time. Um, so I I have um I did some like YouTube research yesterday, like last night, like watching videos about social the social network because I was. Um, and you, so the first scene takes place in, like, a little bar, like a restaurant. Um, and it's a, a, I guess a date of sorts. 
between uh, Jesse Eisenberg's Mark Zuckerberg and um, Rooney Mara as Erica Albright. Rooney Mara was previously um, in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which is another um, David Fincher, which I'm going to go on a small tangent. That movie gave me a headache. I have I have never had a movie do that before, but The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo was originally what I was going to do for this podcast episode, but I did not think I could sit through it again, so I chose The Social Network. Um, I say highly recommend it, but it is... It would be, I think it would be good on, like, a rainy day, I think. Um, but I think I watched that almost exactly a year ago, which is, which is pretty fun. Um, but there, it's a scene where they're, like, talking, and they have this big argument and break up. Um, that scene is about five minutes long. That was 99 takes. Whoa. They did that 99 times. Jesus. And, uh, one thing that's cool about it is that instead of, like, um, filming one part of the conversation and then getting all the uh, cameras and all the sound stuff to the other side and then we're filming that part, he just put two cameras. One on one side that showed Jesse Eisenberg and the other one that showed Rooney Mara so that could, could like, connect into, like, one flowing conversation. Um, And it is... You know, the first demonstration of Aaron Sorkin's amazing um, writing in this. Uh, he also is responsible for movies like Moneyball and A Few Good Men. Um, a Few Good Men also has a fantastic script. Um, and it was a movie where I heard that um, there was, like, no room for ad-libbing in this. Like, some movies will, like, do, like improvised dialogue, but, like, this movie had to be read as it was written. Um, also because David Fincher, the director, is a, a big control freak. Like, <laughs> he is a he is a perfectionist. Um, Period. Which can be definitely shown. This movie is, you know... I, w- I remember getting to the end of this movie and just kind of in awe that it was already over. Because I, I remember, like, it was like, I just pressed play. It's over. It is No, because I literally saw it was two hours long. And I was like, oh, this is going to take forever. And I started watching it, and I pressed pause. It's been an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. And I went, when did that happen? It goes by so quick. Like, I, I can always say, like, Oppenheimer's three hours. But it goes by pretty quickly. I mean it this time. This no, is, Oppenheimer was so slow. It gets, it gets faster. I think... It, the first hour feels like two hours. The second that hour feels like four hours. The third hour feels like thirty minutes. Um, that but like watching it again when you can like when you know what's coming up next, the scenes somehow get shorter. Like the stuff at the beginning com- becomes a lot shorter somehow. Um, <gasps> I have a question for you. What is it? How often do you think about the Roman Empire? Where's that? Okay, okay. Wait, where's that coming from? Just, just, just answer the question. I, I don't, I don't typically think about the Roman Empire that much. Okay, cool. Moving on. Why? Because there's this thing, there's this trend that most men think about the Roman Empire like thirty times a day. That's from a movie. <laughs> um, Is it? Yeah, that was in a movie, and I don't know if it came from that or it like incorporated it, but it was the movie I mentioned. 
I forget which episode it was ago, called The Holdovers. Like, the main character in that constantly brings up the Roman Empire. Um, again, I, I mentioned um, how we were going to see the uh, Holdovers. I don't know when, because the day I wanted to, you were busy. Um, but I'm... Like, Oppenheimer, you know, it was a little hard to recommend to a lot of people because it was three hours, but... I will be telling every single person I know to watch The Holdovers because it's a it's a crowd pleaser and everyone's going to like it and I love it and uh it's coming out this coming weekend to all theaters. And I will be rewatching it this coming weekend so I'm excited. Um but back to social network. Um one one big surprise with this was how surprisingly good at acting Justin Timberlake was. Um, oh my! I just realized who Justin Timberlake played in this movie. I forgot <laughs> he was in it. It's it's kind of funny, like considering all the allegations that are coming out about him. From, There's allegations coming out. Have you not heard about like the um, the I think it was it was Britney Spears book. And it's like, she mentions all all this awful stuff that he did in their relationship. And now, like, in, in this second watch, I'm like, is is he just playing himself? Like, that was a thought that went into my mind. I was like, is this just how he acts in real life? Um, He was, and I, and I, it's going to sound like an embarrassing thing to say, I don't know. But he was actually on a uh, Mr. Beast video the other, like... And he acts like such a lame middle-aged dad. It's embarrassing. <laughs> like, funny. it's like he says a joke and then waits for laughter or something, you know. Um, but he's like really good in this. Surprisingly, um, I mean, we've obviously seen like singers become actors before, but I think this was like a really good transition. Um, it also has. A um, uh, I don't. I really. I don't want to go into the uh, behind the scenes of this individual, but um, Army Hammer um plays Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss. Um, I only noticed it at the beginning, but you know the the twins that sue Zuckerberg. Yes. Yeah, they're the same person, and that was CGI. See, like, I was looking yeah. at it because I wanted to see who played them. I wanted to see their actual twins, and I said, yeah. "This person and yeah, both of the twins were played by the same guy." And I'm like, yeah. "Are you kidding me? That sucks." I could only notice it in their introduction where they're like on a boat, and I'm like, "Oh, that looks a little off." But besides that, I'm like, they kind of fit that in perfectly. Um, it's not noticeable. Yeah, uh, Army Hammer is a confirmed known uh, cannibal um, behind the scenes. That what? is not a joke. What? He is an actual cannibal. What? Yeah. You can you can look Yeah. You can look it up. You can no, do your research. Uh he is a um yeah, he is a cannibal. He is a very weird dude. Um but very very good in this. Very good in this. Um the bombshell. You're like, "Oh yeah, he's a cannibal by the yeah, way." Yeah, I was okay. going to say like he has like that whole thing. Um so he's not acting in movies as much anymore. His last role was in Death of on the Nile. 
and that was because it got delayed a year, but yeah, he hasn't been in anything since, um, since 2021, I doubt he'll ever will, um, so yeah, this movie is, um, one part, you know, drama about creating Facebook, and on the other, and on the other side, a courtroom drama, there's a lot of, like, not, it's not courtroom stuff, but a lot of debates, and a lot of, you know, settlement stuff. Yeah. Um. I, okay, so now I, I will bring up the topic of the best scene in the movie. Um, so, so for context, um, I feel like to get to context, it's having to explain the whole movie. So I'm going to run down how we get here in very quick steps. So, <clears throat> uh, Mark Zuckerberg gets broken up with, uh, writes a, a very nasty blog about her that everyone can see. Um, then creates a website where people can um, compare and rate between two girls. And then they decide to use that idea to make Facebook. And then they make Facebook. And then a bunch of people are on Facebook. They meet with meet with this one dude, uh, J- uh, Justin Timberlake. And then he kind of gets his hooks set into Jesse Eisenberg. And Andrew Garfield does not like that. Um, and then one thing adds to another... Uh, Andrew Garfield freezes one of the accounts to try to get Mark Zuckerberg's attention, and then, basically, Mark Zuckerberg, Jesse Eisenberg, uh, fires, basically. Not fires, but, like, takes the, like, portion that he owed in the company down to, what was it, 0.03%. So this is where we are, is, um, it's one part... Andrew Garfield in the future describing what happened, and then us actually seeing it, and it's very entertaining um, because he's like he bring he he's led to believe that it's like a, he's going for like a party, like he's just going to sign some things. But what it's like, a business meeting. Yeah, and then he goes and gets bombarded with these papers. Um, I think he labels it as a trap, and then he goes to uh mark zuckerberg he smashes his laptop and then yells at him and then the probably the best part of this is um he he brings up all these people he's like hey who how like their shares how much did it dilute and um and then it will cut to um back to the court stuff and then it will be Andrew Garfield talking about how all these people on it, um, their shares are the same, but that his got down to 0.03%. When it was originally at 33 Yeah. Um, yeah, I, and I think that's one thing that's very interesting about this, is that it in no way frames Mark Zuckerberg as the hero, like, at all. Nope. Like, it knows, and, like, David Fincher and Aaron Sorkin and everyone knows it. It's a bad, he's a terrible dude and an awful friend. Um, there's the whole subplot about the chicken. Um, is while they were in, or, well, they are in college for basically the entire movie, but during their freshman year, uh, Andrew Garfield 
is met by a um, fraternity who Jesse Eisenberg gets very jealous that, you know, Andrew Garfield got accepted and not him. He plants a story that, um, because there was like one, like, ritual thing that they did where the people wanting to get in the frat had to take care of a chicken for an entire week. And one night. Keep it with the whole time. You can't let it just. Um, one, one night while they were eating, Andrew Garfield had the chicken because he, like, he couldn't not have it. And that night in the cafeteria, they were serving chicken. And he gave the chicken to the chicken. Um, and then that sparked, like, a whole thing about, like, you know, forced cannibalism. Um, but it, like, got settled, and then it was revealed, I think, and I, 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 I could have been proven wrong, because I don't, I forget if it was ever fully confirmed that it was just, like, Mark Zuckerberg who planted the story. Yeah, it's never confirmed. But it's, it's very implied, yeah. Um, and speaking of, you know, making him out to be the bad guy, makes me very interested, um, because it was very recently announced, I think it was Friday, um, that Darren Aronofsky, who is, uh, let me find what he is responsible for, um, he is responsible for directing movies like The Whale, Black Swan, and Requiem for a Dream. He is on board to direct a biopic, about Elon Musk. And I, I really hope he takes the social network road and frames him out as, you know, not a good person. Because I do not believe any of these tech billionaires are. No, um, because there's a good distinction. You're either a good businessman or you're a good person. It's v- there's, no in- there's no in-between. Because to be a good businessman, you have to subdue that kind of empathetic personal nature of yourself for yourself you can't look out for other people or you're gonna get duped and they're gonna take over like you cannot tell me that based off this movie that uh mark zuckerberg is not a lizard person or an alien of some sort because how does a human talk and think and work like this you know Mm -hmm. um one thing I'm like looking up at this, like at this point, like looking up reviews, and one another uh, great scene is when uh, I I keep calling them by both their actors' names and the characters yeah, they're playing. Really funny. So I'm just gonna call them by their characters' name. Um. So Mark Zuckerberg and uh, Eduardo are at a restaurant, and Mark sees you know his ex girlfriend, the the basically the person who you know, snowballed in him into creating Facebook. Um, and he basically goes over there to apologize for how he treated her, and she just demolishes him. Um, and delivers, besides um, one line that Eduardo has near the end in the best scene of the movie, which I cannot um, repeat here, um... But she, she finishes off that kind of, like, tearing him down by saying, uh, good luck with your video game. Yeah. Which is so funny and so satisfying because, you know, even though 
Um, you can't really have a Hollywood ending because, like, he's still alive, you know. It is very satisfying to see these parts where, you know, Mark does not get what he wants. And he... Yep. Um, which leads to, I... I don't think I loved it at first, but the more I have thought about it and, and in the rewatch, I, I love the ending. Because it's him, he's on his computer, and he adds his ex-girlfriend again um, as a friend on Facebook. And it's just him reloading the page. And it is just amazing. Um, it's sad is what it is. It's sad, but like... Who, he has no one else to blame. You no. know? And it's... And it's so... It's so cool... That like... Some directors... Would take like the standard kind of biopic... Formula... And make him out to be like the hero. You know? And I think if they were to do that... They would've... Cut all the Eduardo stuff... And all the Sean Parker stuff... And just made it about the feud between Zuckerberg and the Winklevosses. Yeah, and I agree. That would have pushed him as the hero, even though, to some extent, you see where the twins are coming from. Because he... Yeah. Even That's though... He did take their idea, basically. Even if it was an actual theft, he it was like intellectual theft, you know? Um, and even though there are parts where you don't root for them, by the end, you're, you do kind of feel bad for them. I don't. I, I, f I do feel bad because they were like legitimately asking like, hey, can you, you make this for us? And then he takes that idea and then makes it his own, cuts them out and makes like a billion dollars. And you're like, that. I mean, like it was their idea, even though they're rich and they're fine. You know, they're not the villain, easily not the villains of this story. They're not the villain. I just don't feel bad for them. Um, but even though, even though Zuckerberg is the most prominent, I would say Justin Timberlake's Sean Parker is the villain of this movie. He made me so mad. He is. I was I would, I would like to like, it's like through this movie, we have like, we follow Mark Zuckerberg and on like one hand is like Eduard, Eduardo as basically his angel on his shoulder. And then there's Sean, who's the devil because it is just... He is an awful dude. Just, you really hate, like, you want to punch Jesse Eisenberg, but you want to kick Sean Parker onto traffic. No, because the way he influences Mark is so frustrating. And the way Mark just trusts him over Eduardo, like, Eduardo doesn't know yeah. what he's talking about. Like, he ditches his only friend <laughs> right on the prospect of more money. Basically, because it looks cooler, you know. Yep, and um, it just it just makes him a great businessman. Terrible, terrible person. And and it's it's brought up that the fact that when he's making these deals and having this like pitch meeting with him, he's broke. He has no money. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's also very very. It's also really interesting. Um, near the end, because I have I have not and this is my fault, done much research beyond watching the movie. But it is not, it's not clear if it was Mark who called the cops on him at the end. Which, if it was, it was the only good thing Mark Zuckerberg ever did. Um, 
would you say, and I know there's like, there was stuff before Facebook, would you say Facebook kind of like really brought on the social media boom? Honestly, I think it was a very good start and it inspired many ideas. But I think it would eventually have been made yeah. at some by someone else. Like it was going to happen, but this was just the thing that brought it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I think that's why it's so influential now is just because social media is still a very relevant thing. It is impacting, like, uh, one example, It I social media has a hold over, like, the music charts, because, like, sometimes on, like, the top songs of, you know, weeks, it's not even songs that released this year. It's, like, ones that got big off TikTok. Like, TikTok is the kind of decider for what's big and what's not, you know? Yeah, it's it's huge. Like, if you're on TikTok, you basically have a bajillion friends. You're in on, like, so many inside jokes. But it's just so time-consuming, you know? I am am thankful that I have not gotten to my TikTok addiction era yet. Um, I I am. I am on I am on TikTok. Um, really? I would like to mention that. Um You can see this man's face. You can follow me at uh, Treyword uh, underscore S. I make movie reviews now. Um so you can follow me there. I've I've had a good time doing it. I don't I think I have Instagram in terms of like, you know, scrolling for videos. Like I don't personally want to scroll through TikTok, honestly. Um, but I, I do enjoy getting to, like, verbally review movies instead of all being, um, like, writing down. I won't do it for all, mainly for either new releases or movies that I feel like it is important I talk about. Like, if I give a movie I see this week, like, a 5 out of 5, I will have a video review for it. Um, but I have not gotten addicted to it as much as... Um, other people have, because, like, one of the characters in this, a very, very minor character, because she's in it for one scene, um, which is, I'm gonna see if I can find her, and how far she is down on this cast list, um, because she's a very famous actress, but won't get, like, top billing because she is in it for one scene, um, oh my goodness, oh, Dakota Johnson, as Amelia Ritter, who is a uh, person who, um, in one scene, sleeps with Sean Parker. And the next day, um, well, we only see the next day. And she mentions how she's addicted to, you know, Facebook. Facebook. And that has not gone away. And if anything, it has just increased. Um, because now instead of Facebook, it spawned into a ton of other you know, different forms of social media. And it is in the, like, and it's easy as, you know, younger people to, like, you know, and I know some people do, like, laugh at older people talking about how, like, addicted we are, but it is very much true. No, people are, like, really addicted, and it's actually yeah. really bad. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I, I, it's not my favorite from the decade. I think there are a few, obviously, I mean, my favorite movie of all time came out in the 2010s. But I think in terms of its impact and its, like, relevance, I would say it's the most important movie of the 2010s. Like, in terms of, like, defying a generation. Obviously, it didn't, like, influence people. Like, it's not, like, changing the way we talk or it didn't really change the way we make movies. Um, because you can, like, you notice when, like, some movies will, like, shape up the genre, like, for better and for a lot of worse, like, Iron Man and The Dark Knight really changed, like, the movie industry. But I think in in, in terms of... You know, pure artistic, like, what it brought to the table. This is the most important movie of the 2010s. Um, because it, I do not see this ever getting to the point where we can look at this anymore and, like, say, like, oh, it's, it's not even like that anymore, you know? Because, you know, with the rise in, like, AI and it's just gonna keep getting worse. Which, I think the idea of AI is starting to get to me in terms of how terrifying it is. Um, and I think, and I, I, I forgot where I read this, but it's very true. In that the biggest danger to the world right now isn't the AI. It's the people that are controlling it. Because they are so blinded by, like technological innovation that they're not in any way considering the downsides. Um, and I think this movie is going to, you know, consistently be looked upon as one that, you know, has a bigger voice than most other movies. And I, I, have mentioned it before. I don't know if it was on this podcast, but it, it probably was because I mentioned this a lot. Um, I find it interesting to consider what movies will become like classics in the future. Like what movies will like be our Citizen Kane's or our Godfathers or you know like the movies that are looked upon and like studied in film class. And I and I Barbie. I I've I've brought up some. I think uh, Parasite from a few years ago will be considered a modern classic. I think Moonlight from a few years will be one. Social Network will absolutely be in that category. Um, because in every single instance, I mean, we haven't even talked about the music in this movie is beautiful. Like it is a really good score. Um, and I haven't even been paying attention to the music. It it's very good if you like listen like if you even listening to it on its own. It's very relaxing, very calming. Um, ever I I I I've obviously talked a lot about like what I think are perfect movies. Um, obviously during our horror month, I talked about some of the best horror movies. But I, it's very hard to find a flaw in this movie. Because, like, directing, you know, cinematography, writing, acting, like, they are so airtight. Um, 
Like, and that goes to show, like, the perfectionist directing of David Fincher and how that... I mean, I bet there were days on set that they were just really mad at him. I mean, 99 takes of a conversation is a lot. It's insane. Um, but, it, I mean, that persistence and that strive for perfection does pay off. Because then you get something like this, where it is not only, you know, just a good movie on its own, it's something that will continue to find new life and a new purpose. Um, because we, we can talk about all these movies that everyone loves, but you give it ten years... And there will be movies that people forget, and that'll just go under the radar. But I, I don't see this being one because it's going to keep getting discovered, and it's going to keep getting this recognition because of how you know impactful it is and how real it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's just I knew even though I had a terrible time watching it the first time. I knew I was watching something phenomenal, but it was at this point. And it's very interesting this year how many movies I've rewatched and then basically figured out that they were masterpieces this whole time and I was just really dumb. <laughs> that, that, that has happened so much this year. It happened with Whiplash, um, Scream, The Thing, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Like, all these movies uh-huh. that, like, originally I was like, oh, I already liked them. But, like, I, I look back and I'm like, how did I not see how, like, like perfect these movies were? And, like, I obviously knew that this was, you know, an amazing movie. I mean, I had that this has been my favorite David Fincher movie. And, I mean, obviously, he's one of the best directors ever to work. Um, again, definitely watch The Killer on Netflix. It is really good, um, but, um, this rewatch really cemented it as, I think, one of the best movies I have ever seen. I, I have not done a, uh, top 50. I deleted mine a bit ago, um, but I probably soon will be working on a ranking of all my five-star movies, which will be pretty fun. I currently have 55, so... It's enough for a top 50. Um, That's crazy. But I just... It's so... And I, I, I just could basically be on repeat of how important this movie is. But, again, you look at all these movies and they try to force this, like, you know, modern dialogue. And there are some movies I, I physically cannot get through without, like, a a deep sense of physical pain while watching it. Um, But, like, when I watch this, I am, like, fully in. I'm fully invested. And, again, the the fact this did not win... How... Did it win? I'm going to look this up now. Did it win any Oscars? I know it didn't get, like, director or picture, which is insane. I, I Again, I don't know how it goes about that. The The Academy is, is pretty stupid in terms of decisions. Uh, 
theater competition. It's so It's so quiet. subjective. Um, but it, it did win Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Score, and Best Editing. So it at least got that. So that's... At least it got something. But, like I said, um, like, bouncing off of it, no one in five years is gonna remember the King's Speech. But, like, the social network will, cons- like, will still be watched and studied and looked upon as this, in, like, trailblazer movie. And, um... Do you have any anything else to say about this? I kind of went on like a long tangent about this it's movie. Okay. I'm really tired, but I really did love this movie. I liked um I really did enjoy how you could be on really anyone's side cuz I know how Mark Zuckerberg is made out not to be the best person, but I still can see where he's coming from. Yeah. And I really enjoyed that they're very not Oh, this person's bad. They're very yeah. subjective They're about people. the whole, and it's very nice to see. Um, it is. It's always very interesting, and uh, David Fincher does this really well in Gone Girl, which I love that movie, where in each scene, at like different points in the story, it'll change who you're rooting for. Because at one point you're like, yeah, all right, Mark Zuckerberg, like I see where you're coming from, like go, oh. and then in the next scene we're like, we hate you, and we hope you lose all your money and it's it does that so subtly and again it's not like bad people are uh, like 100% bad they are they feel like re- and because obviously they're real people but you know in a movie you have to take creative liberties but they mm-hmm. feel like true people like they're written as people and not you know characters yeah not like Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm the bad guy. Yeah. Hi, I'm Eduardo, and I'm the best friend who gets betrayed. Um, I will sometime soon uh, get the book and read the book on this. I think very similar to Oppenheimer. Now I have like this like fascination with the story, and I kind of want to learn more about <laughs> what happened. Um, it is unfortunately. Uh, it is on Netflix, actually. Uh, scratch what I was about to say. It is on Netflix currently. And I, I do believe Netflix is probably the most owned streaming service. I could be wrong in that. It's also on YouTube for free. It's on, it's on what? YouTube for it's, free. It's on YouTube? Wait, what? Yeah, if you just look up the social network, it's just there on some someone's YouTube channel. It is. Oh my goodness. That is very ironic, actually. That's actually kind of... That's kind I was of sad. I on YouTube. I was like, I wonder if it's on YouTube. That's oh, it is. so that's ironic that a movie about the like creation of social media and the like addiction of it is now on YouTube. It's great. It's okay. ironic. Everyone has YouTube, so no one has any excuse not to to watch this um because, what if they're more huh what if they're mormon i don't know there's probably i don't even i don't i don't know if we have mormon v- listeners 
So, I hope not. They're not very uh, Mormon. Um, exactly. So, you know, everyone who can listen to this, watch the movie. Again, it'll, fl- I mean, two hours. If you need just something to pass the time, it is, it will pass the time very quickly. Well, um, it's very fast-paced, but very, it doesn't feel no very, like, if that makes sense. It's fast, but you don't, like, you come out like, you're like, yeah, I got everything out of it. Like, it didn't feel like they skipped anything. Exactly. Um, so any closing thoughts about The Social Network? I liked it. Andrew Garfield's hot and sexy. That is a fair statement. Um, ah, what is, he's is, a gay guy. Is, I promise. Is he, is he going to be in anything upcoming? Oh, he's going to be... In the new um, Gil- Elmo del Toro movie, um, a new Frankenstein movie, um, he's going to play Dr. Frankenstein, and it's going to have Oscar Isaac as the monster and Mia Goth as the bride of Frankenstein, and I am so excited for that. It is going to be fantastic, so I'm very excited to see that. Um, and after you watch Social Network, uh, while you're at it, uh, watch Tick, Tick, Boom. I'm going to plug that in there. It is... Also, an amazing movie that I love. Um, well, so thank you for listening. Go watch uh, Social Network on YouTube and or Netflix. And goodbye. <laughs> goodbye.